Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome back to another episode of Bucks and Six, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast brought to you by Fans First Sports Network. My name is Stephen Dorff, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. Then you can find this and all of our other podcasts on Apple or Spotify. So check that out. Leave a review, like, rating. Uh, Hersh, I know uh, we didn't really get too much time to record the past week because I know you're all the way in Arizona for a little. Christmas vacation, holiday vacation. How are you doing? Yeah, no, it's been nice to uh to get away from that cold Wisconsin weather. You know, have that have that nice weather out, but definitely weird. You know, having to wake up a little bit earlier to watch these you know noon games that are starting at ten around here. So definitely, definitely something to uh, get accustomed to. Uh, you know, also just having football start earlier is a little weird, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely having a good time over here, Steve. Yeah, that's good. Good to hear, man. But uh, did you get a chance to watch any of the uh, Bucks games while you've been out? Yeah, no, for sure. Can't can't miss them. Dude, that's can't can't miss them. Uh, obviously, Bucks beat the Magic last Thursday, one eighteen to uh, to one fourteen. That was you know good to see. We were previewing that game a little bit, you know, on on our previous podcast. Um, and then you know the the win over the Knicks on Saturday was you know also pretty impressive. Um, Steve, what are your kind of thoughts on those two? I mean. I think the Bucks overall played very well. Uh, you know, we we came into Christmas on a, I believe seven game win streak. So yeah, the Bucks Bucks pretty hot as of late. Yeah, I think it was just a bit more of the same from those previous five games that we had won. So got a seven game win streak going. Unfortunately, on Christmas Day we couldn't get the uh, second win against the Knicks, but we'll cover that in the second half of this episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just seemed like the offense again. You know, like what we've seen pretty much all of December. Just clicking Giannis and Dame doing their things. Uh, Chris Middleton, we talked about in the last episode, has been, you know, really starting to take form and be the old Chris. Honestly, might even get back up to that, you know, 20 point per game total, which we didn't really think he could just because of the uh, volume. But yeah, lots of good things to see from that seven game win streak. But, you know, especially in that magic and Knicks, the first Knicks game. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, looking at what Giannis has been able to do, you know, over the past couple of weeks here, I mean, 37, 10 and six against the Magic and then 28, seven and seven uh, against the Knicks. And he's actually been pretty good from the free throw line, Steve, in his last couple of games. I mean, 15 of 19 against the Magic and six of eight against the Knicks. So might be improving a little bit on his free throws. Um, you know, Dame has been kind of up and down after, you know, he had that, you know, great three game stretch. Um, you know, he only had he only had 24 in that one and in the game against the Magic and was not very uh, efficient. But the thing the thing with him is that, you know, when he's not shooting well, he's still able to get to the line, still able to, you know, penetrate uh, and put pressure on the defense. So, I mean, that's that's kind of what we asked for him, Steve. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like you said, just his presence being out there. Um, but then you got guys like Brooke Lopez playing pretty well. Uh, Malik Beasley, you know, he's hitting his shots every now and then. And then he also was a pretty good rebounding guard, which is something that we like to talk about all the time is the lack of rebounding, but they rebounded pretty well in both the Knicks and the first Knicks and magic game. So you want to see them continue to do that Hirsch and, you know, our winning games. Definitely. And I think, you know, they were talking a lot on the broadcast today, uh, during the Christmas game about, you know, how, how the Bucks have really gotten out uh, and pushed the pace, you know, the past couple of weeks. And we beat the uh, Magic in fast break points. We also beat the Knicks in fast break points. Uh, and we out-rebounded them. So I think both of those things, Steve, we've been kind of harping on throughout the uh, the season. And, you know, they've been successful at it so far. Uh, you know, obviously we're going to cover cover the loss. And, you know, they weren't very successful in those areas uh, today. But as of late, they have been, and I, I think this might just be an anomaly. I mean, we had to play the same t- team twice in a row on their floor, and then, you know, it, it's also, they're also, you know, morning games, basically, for this team, and, you know, through his, throughout history, I mean, the Bucs have really struggled with these, like, day games, so I, th- I think, you know, that might just have play a part in it. Yeah, I mean, the Knicks are a playoff caliber team. They're a very, like, good basketball team in its own right. And then, you know, you play them in a back-to-back where you, you know, you just shelled them on their home court. They're going to come in with a huge chip on their shoulder. Uh, and that's not to say that, like, we played well at all in that in the uh, second game. But in the first game, we shelled them. And they they came out strong uh, today on Christmas, Hirsch. But, yeah, yeah I, I think going forward, though, I do think that we're going to expect to see more of what the previous seven games had shown us. I mean, I sure hope so. One thing that's for sure is that, you know, this Bucks team really cannot guard Jalen Brunson at all. In that first game, uh, he had 36, 3, and 7. He stayed extremely aggressive. He takes a lot of shots for the Knicks. Uh, but, you know, he he's one of their most effective and probably the best player. So, you know, he he's really done a great job against this Bucks team. And, you know, in his last couple outings, Julius Randle has been aggressive too with uh, 26 points and 8 boards in that first game. Uh, I know we did end up winning, but I think a lot of that had to do with uh, Bobby Portis's output. I mean, he had 23 points in that first game, really carried our bench. The only other bench scores we had that really even did anything were Pat and campaign and all they had was eight. So Bobby Portis outscored the rest of the bench by himself. Um, and, and, you know, that was a good Beasley game as well. I mean, he went five of nine from three and 19 points. So like you mentioned, I mean, when he's hitting his shots, box offense looks great. Mm-hmm. And I also think like RJ Barrett, you know, I think he was probably the X factor in today's game. Obviously, Jalen Brunson torched us both games, but uh, we really did a good job on RJ Barrett. I thought in the first game, we held him to five of 17 shooting and uh, he was a lot better than that today. I think he had, you know, well over 50 percent and over 20 points today. So he was part of that uh, Knicks big three that uh, helped put the Bucks away. Uh, I, I mean, I think, yeah, when we can guard the 
Because re- realistically, Hirsch, we've seen, we know at this point, we aren't stopping guards. We can't guard them. We can't guard a parked car on that side of the floor. But uh, stopping the wings and big man and, and the opposing team's big men, that's, I think, where, where this team is really going to feast if they don't plan on making any moves before deadline. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think they're going to have to if they really want to be considered, you know, a legitimate contender and we're kind of seeing it in the media as well uh the narrative that you know the bucks just aren't going to be able to go all the way with the defense that they have currently uh the perimeter defense is just really really a big problem at this point um and you know i mean like you mentioned i mean we've, if we're, we got to stop the big man and the, and 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 the wings but if julius randall's dropping 26 and 8 uh with jalen brunson dropping you know plus 30 that's that's a really bad recipe for success if you're just looking at it i mean i think we kind of got lucky in that first game just looking at the stats we did shell them but their two best players had you know great games and i think you know that we gotta we gotta start keying in on at least one of these teams you know two best players yeah and i think that you know when you do pretty much give up an automatic 30 points to the opposing team's guard and then you know on good efficiency it leaves a lot less room for error if any for the rest of our defense because yeah like you said if julius randall has a good night it it is going to put us in a big hole um we can talk about honestly some potential moves the bucks could make in the second half of this episode but uh hearse were there anything else from these uh first two games the six and seven win streak games for us that you you know saw that was important in particular well, i just think overall you know a lot of people especially you know in the media as well and online have talked about you know the strength of schedule and how the bucks have have had one of the you know the easiest starts to the season of any teams in the league and i think you know overall just beating back-to-back playoff teams uh you know obviously we talked about the magic and how well they're playing the season uh, it's pretty surprising where they're at, but at this point, you know, they've established themselves as at least a threat in the Eastern Conference, and we know what the Knicks can bring. I mean, they won a playoff series last year. They played against the Heat pretty valiantly. So, yeah, I think, you know, winning both of these games back-to-back is, you know, a, gr- a good sign. Obviously, you know, winning all three would have been, you know, the cherry on top of a great, you know, Christmas weekend. But, yeah, I think just seeing the Bucs, you know, start playing better, better competition and still be able to, you know, take these games as in the win column, I think is, is good to see Steve. Yeah. I mean, the, the NBA, it's a, it's a very talented league. And I think that a win is a win at the end of the day. And when you can string together, you know, seven consecutive wins and look very, very good while doing it, you know, that that's kind of the thing that people really need to, you know, key in with this team is that when they look good, Hirsch, this team is good, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And I totally agree. I think that there are some things we're going to have to patch up on the uh, defensive side of the ball, but we're going to take a quick break and then cover the, uh, the Christmas day Knicks game. And then we're going to talk about our upcoming game against the uh, Brooklyn nuts on uh, Wednesday. And we're back on the bucks and six podcast. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dorf. And uh, we're just going to do a quick recap on this uh, tough bucks loss on Christmas day. To the New York Knicks, 129-122. Uh, Steve Giannis and Dame both had great games, and we still were, you know, unable to come away with a win. Chris set his season high as well uh, with 24 points. Uh, yeah, Giannis with 32-13-6, and six, Dame with 32-8. and eight, So they both had 32 pieces. Uh, I think the issue, again, was just defensively we couldn't get enough stops. They had uh, four people with 20-plus points, and Brunson had 30-plus. So... I think, you know, just defensively, this team absolutely fell apart. We got outworked, out-hustled, out-rebounded. I mean, basically, they just played better than us in every facet of the game, Steve. Yeah, I mean, it also just felt like every time that 
we would bring it close to within five, six points. The Knicks would just, you know, make, you know, they would just hit some shots. We would mess up on defense, miss rotations, do something that would just kind of give them the edge again and lose our momentum. And then boom, there it is 11, 12, 13 point game. And then even, you know, at the end of the fourth quarter, we were down 15 or 16 and, you know, you, we saw this team continue to hustle. And I think that's the big takeaway from this is that, you know, we're going to play with heart. We we've, no game is too big of like a, a deficit for us to come back from. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, you just can't give up 20 points to four different guys on the opposing side of the ball. I mean, I just think that's going to kill you. And you're, <laughs> uh, especially when you're not shooting well, you know, you're shooting 30% from three as a team under 50% from the field while they're shooting over 50% from the field. I mean, yeah, you're, that's just not a winning formula for the Bucs. And I think it was just one of those games where you kind of have to look at it as an off night or the ball didn't really bounce our way, you know? I mean, yeah, you could look at, at it like that, but I, I simply, at, at least from, you know, my point of view, we, we got outworked. I mean, it, it just seemed like we weren't putting in enough effort. I mean, I, I like what you said about, you know, the Bucks not quitting and obviously we did not go away. We came back at the end. Uh, but you know, there, there wasn't much wiggle room there. I mean, Bronson was putting up, like basically getting whatever he wanted. Uh, he missed like two shots near the end, but then he hit a, a pretty big dagger on us. He's 38, four and six on 15 of 28 shooting. So like you can't, you can't guard him really. And then if you're going to give up 20 plus to Randall Barrett and quickly, uh, plus the 72 points in the paint and the 23 fast break points. I mean, that's nearly a hundred points on just points in the paint and fast break points. Uh, it, it's it's really tough playing that kind of defense and expecting to win, um, especially with, you know, Chris Middleton being the only starter with a positive plus minus throughout the entire game and, and Malik Beasley being an absolute zero out there. He had no points and he didn't really play any defense, so he didn't stay on the floor very long. But, I mean, you got to have more from a guy who you consider a starter on this team, Steve. Yeah, only 19 minutes from him today. And, you know, I wonder if AG is starting to see that maybe Malik in the starting lineup isn't necessarily what this team needs. Um, I think now would be a very weird, strange time for him to realize that coming off of a seven-game win streak. So I, I don't know why his minutes dropped. Uh, another thing to kind of, you know, note in on is it seems like Marjan Bochamp might be kind of really falling out of this rotation. Didn't play in the last Knicks game, six minutes in today's game. Um it just leaves a lot of like, you know, you're throwing Pat Connington. It puts a lot of pressure on Andre Jackson to be out there. And I think that this team, you know, one of its biggest strengths is its depth, right? Now you're kind of taking that away from this team. Uh, what, what, what's the deal with that, Hirsch? What do you think's going on with that? Well, I think at this point, uh, you know, AG has kind of chosen Andre Jackson over Marjan as, you know, the young guy that's going to be in the rotation. Um, it seems like he's really only going to, you know, play one of them. Uh, it, it's rare that they're both out there on the floor at the same time. And like we keep saying, I mean, with Pat, you know, coming back off of his injury, Jay Crowder will be back soon uh, from his abdominal tear. These wing minutes are going to go away uh, pretty quickly. And, you know, seeing Marjan fall out is definitely, you know, not, not great to see as a Bucks fan. I mean, we, I know we had a lot of expectations for him, but if Andre Jackson really is going to be the more effective player out there and be the better defender, then I think Andre Jackson deserves the minutes. I mean, I think, and I think Adrian Griffin has chosen Andre Jackson at this point over Marjan. I think that's the decision he had to make. I, yeah, see, I just think they're different basketball players, right? I think that they're going to serve different roles. And, you know, we've been talking about how maybe Andre Jackson in the starting lineup might be the answer. 
the more I watch him, the more he just like screams energy guy to me. Like you put him in 20 minutes off the bench. He's going to get you rebounds. He'll hit a couple shots. He'll make the right passes. And then most importantly, he's going to just try really, really hard on defense. And at times, you know, he's going to be one of the best defenders on the court. And at other times he's going to foul a lot of games. I just, to me, Marjan Bochamp is more of like a true two-way, like, you know, prototypical wing for today's NBA. He, I mean, we've seen him hit shots. And I think the big thing right now is you get six minutes in a game. You get a, pretty much a DNP in the game before 15 minutes in one game. And then back to 10, the game before, like, it's just, it's too inconsistent. And back to last year with Bud and how I was like in the playoffs, where's Jay Crowder? Why does this guy get 10 minutes, one game, 20, the next, and then zero, the next, like I, how, how is a guy going to build confidence like that? You know? Well, yeah, I mean, I think consistent rotations and, you know, having a consistent role on a team is important. But like you mentioned, we have a lot of depth. We have a lot of guys that need minutes. Uh, And, you know, early on in the season, Chris Middleton was on a minutes restriction. Now he's off of it. He's, you know, playing his normal, normal minutes. So those minutes go away. Uh, You know, Crowder will come back at some point and even more minutes will go away. Pat just came back off an injury and he needs minutes. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's just a lot of guys that need minutes. Obviously, you know, campaign's going to come off the bench and take some of those away. Uh, Bobby Portis, he needs his minutes. Obviously, you're not going to, you know, sit Giannis or Dame for more than they need to be sat. So I, I just think it's a it's an issue of, you know, consistent rotations from AG. But, I mean, off a seven-game win streak, I don't really think there's much to, you know, necessarily harp on when it comes to the Bucks rotations and the coaching. I just think... You know, if Marjan really like wants to play that badly, I think he should like make his shots more. He, but like he has, I mean, he really has. His his numbers aren't like particularly bad. I think the issue with him is that he's a little soft on the defensive end at times. But again, like that's just one of those things that's just going to come with playing experience. Again, we don't really know what's going on in practices and stuff like that, so we don't know what the deal is with that. I just would like to see this guy get a chance. I mean, he was a first round pick last year who didn't get opportunity because, you know, coach Bud didn't like to give young players opportunity. We know that this year we thought it would be different. Uh, And I understand Andre Jackson has played well. Malik Beasley has had some really good games for us. Pat Connington has, you know, been one of our best hustle players all year, although the shot hasn't been there. I just think that, you know, you can give a guy like that. You can, you can spare some minutes from Malik Beasley from Pat. I don't think Pat Connington needs 20 plus minutes a game. I don't think Malik Beasley needs 30. I think those are where you can kind of slot Marjan's minutes in. Uh, But sorry, that was my little Marjan tangent. Uh, I guess uh, what what, let us know what you guys think about Marjan Bochamp, where you think he might fit in with this team. If there's a potential trade that you want to do with him, whatever. Um, But I, I just personally would like to see him get, some actual opportunity. I mean, I've been begging for him to get in the starting lineup. He hasn't really gotten that opportunity. So that's kind of where I'm at with him. So if you were to ship out, you know, a couple of guys, maybe free up some minutes and, you know, try to acquire a perimeter defender, Steve, kind of like how we talked about, you know, uh, earlier on in the episode, is there any specific trade targets that you'd like to see? I mean, I know Alex Caruso has been in, you know, the, the, the trade rumors basically throughout the entire season as a, you know, a three and D uh, guard that will help come in and help a contending team. But I mean, there's some other options out there, Steve. Is there anyone that you're specifically looking at? Maybe some trades you've cooked up that you like. So, I mean, do you, do you realist? I've been thinking about this. I don't know if this, the Grizzlies would realistically be interested in this Hirsch, but potentially going after a guy like Marcus smart. I know that they kind of, they got him this off season basically to, you know, help mentor job. They also got Derek Rose for that. The Grizzlies got off to a really bad start, you know, while Ja was suspended. 
he's back now and you know that that could be on the up for them but still like if you can get what you know a good package for him like a pat connington for the contract and you throw in guys like chris livingston aj green and a first round pick uh for a guy like Marcus Smart, I mean, could the Grizzlies realistically say no to that? I mean, that's a big haul for one player. I mean, I think, you know, there would definitely be some some deliberations on the Grizzlies side. Um, I also think we're going to have to wait a little bit because the Grizzlies are uh, kind of on a win streak right now after getting job back. So they might want to see how it kind of plays out with their full team. But, you know, they, they're a very injury-ridden squad. I mean, they don't have Steven Adams for the year. Brandon Clark's out. Uh, you know, and, and Ja was suspended for the first 25. So yeah, they got off to a horrible start. And if they don't really write the ship by the trade deadline, I think he's a piece that, you know, is, is gettable. And I, I actually, I think that trade is fantastic for the box. I think he answers basically all of our problems. Um, But I, I mean, there, there's other guys out there too, that I like, I mean, you mentioned Dorian Finney Smith earlier on in the season. I think, you know, he's a good option. I think the Nets would, you know, realistically probably accept the same sort of deal. Um, and, and, you know, Caruso obviously is, is a guy who I think would help the Bucks as well. Um, I don't really know necessarily how, you know, willing the Sixers would be to trade DeAnthony Melton, but I think he would be a big uh, plus to the team. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good guys out there. We're just going to need to find a guy who who's really going to fit and really going to play a strong perimeter defense, because I think that's the that's the main thing we need, Steve. And I think, you know, just throwing one more guy out there, maybe, maybe an unlike, I saw this earlier in the year, but Gary Harris on the magic, I know the magic were a lot better than people thought they were going to be this year. So I don't know if he would still be someone they'd be willing to trade, but we know that they're a very crowded team in terms of their wing and their backcourt players. So that could be another guy that we could target. He's having a good shooting season and he's also one of the better perimeter defenders in the NBA. Yeah, no, I like that thought. I mean, and the Magic kind of do have, you know, a lot of guards. We've 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 talked about that with, you know, Markel, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. They they've they've got a pretty crowded, you know, backcourt there. If they wanted, you know, move off of Gary Harris, I, I could see that happening. I think that's, you know, realistic. Um, and I, I I bet more names will come out, you know, as we get closer to the deadline of teams, you know, wanting to sell. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of teams want to wait and see kind of what they have. Uh, throughout the first, you know, five months of the year. And then when the trade deadline comes around, they kind of make their decision on uh, who who the guys are that they want to get rid of. I mean, you kind of just have to look at the teams that, you know, had had uh, had expectations, aren't living up to them and are trying to, you know, kind of rebuild. So I think the Bucks are just going to have to poach somebody. But at this point, I think, Steve, it, it's needed. I think we need to make a deal. Uh, get someone else in here because at this point I don't think the Bucs have the personnel to win the championship defensively yeah I mean the only thing I'm going to say is we are 22 and 8 we're the two seed in the east 30 games into the year and we've gotten better I mean we've we've had a couple of win streaks with five or more games and you know when this team looks good they look unbeatable right I mean at least on the offensive side of the ball we when Giannis and Dame are both cooking it's it's a it's a truly unstoppable duo I do agree that defensively, I still think that it's it's really just Malik Beasley. I don't think that he works next to Dame. I I just I don't know what else needs to happen for you know Coach Griffin to see this, for the rest of the coaching staff to see this. He he can he cannot play next to Damian Lillard uh, and be the guy who needs to be the lockdown. That's just not what he is. He never will be that. We've even seen it where it kind of just takes away from his game where there are multiple games where he's just not shooting the ball. He's taking three or less shots, four or less shots for a guy that you'd want to see take eight to nine, 10 shots, even in a game. So 
I want to see something like that switch with Malik Beasley, but I would not be against going all out for, uh, you know, getting someone like a Marcus Smart. I think he's truly a big game changer. And then not to mention, I do think that would be a huge middle finger to the Celtics. Yeah. Which is always a good thing. It would definitely, it would definitely have you know that kind of feeling of like, oh, like you got Drew, so we got Marcus. I, I, I definitely think you know of all the trades that have been thrown around, Marcus Smart's probably the best target, and I think he fits the best. Um, and he's the kind of guy who also, you know, he's not gonna, he's he's like a smaller guard, he's like six four, but he's not, he's pretty, he's pretty strong. Um, he can play. I mean, we he's a defensive player of the year. I mean, there's not really much else to say about him. He's he's great at perimeter defense. That's basically what what his only job is. And he can also play offense. I mean, it's not like he's a negative out there offensively either, like a Tony Allen type. Like he he can he can score as well. So he's not a negative out there on the offensive end. He's a huge plus on the defensive end. And I think Smart and Dame would actually be a great backcourt together, Steve. Yeah, I mean, Marcus Smart is a guy who's been he's played point guard. He's played shooting guard. He's played on the ball. He's played off the ball. Super versatile on offense. And he's never really played with a guy who's going to draw as much attention as Giannis. I think that will help his percentages, especially the three point. Um, But yeah, I think Marcus Smart is like the perfect target for the Bucs. The Grizzlies sitting at a nine and 19 record, a few more losses away from potentially looking at, you know, making a few moves to retool for future years for Memphis. Um, But Hirsch, so. Bucks actually are heading to Brooklyn on Wednesday. Yeah, a little um, New York, a little New York trip. They've been in New York for four days now. Yes, they have actually. Uh, Nets are fourteen and fifteen on the year. Hirsch. Uh, last we played them, we won by four. But <laughs> same old, same old. We got destroyed by their lead guard, Cam Thomas. Dropped forty-five on us. Um, they also have Malik, or uh, sorry, Mikal Bridges, who's you know one of the better two-way wing players in the league. Puts up 22 a game, plays lockdown defense. Uh, do you think that the Bucs are going to bounce back from this, Hirsch, or do you think uh, Nets are going to give us some trouble? Yeah, I, I think we'll be able to bounce back. I mean, we, we haven't seen them since uh, November 6th. Um, that, that was the time where, you know, Cam, like you mentioned, Cam Thomas dropped 45 on us. Uh, he is their highest scorer, and like you mentioned earlier, you're, we're, we've, we've already fight, figured out that we're not going to guard guards, so you can pretty much pencil in uh, Cam Thomas for a 30 plus point game. But I, I think, the, I think like you mentioned, the the rest of the team really has to lock in defensively. We got to stop there. You know, they're big men, uh, limit their points in the paint and kind of just hope that you can, you can just, uh, you know, kind of survive a Cam Thomas onslaught. Cause you know, what's going to happen. I mean, we have literally nobody who can guard him and he's not even necessarily an elite guard. Uh, he's just the kind of guy who is, you know, he's gonna he's gonna score. He's a scoring he's a scoring, sh- uh, you know, guard. He's got he's a two, but he's he has the ball in his hands a lot. And he takes a lot of shots, and he's gonna he's gonna take a lot of shots and make them. Um, and like you mentioned, Malik, um, uh, Mikhail Bridge. I did the same thing that you did, Mikhail Bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, he's a, he's like you mentioned, a great two way guy. He's probably also gonna play very well. I mean, he I think he did last time against us. I remember, if I remember correctly, both Cam Thomas and Mikael Bridges had, you know, great games. So, and we still ended up winning. So it, I think if we can, you know, I think this is going to be a good, a good chance for us to bounce back. I, I, I do think the Bucs are going to win, but I think this could be another close game where we're going to have to kind of fight it out. Cause this, this Nets team, it really doesn't go away. I mean, they, they, they stay in games, they score a lot of points and they play good defense. I mean, they're a tough defensive team. So I think, you know, it's going to be another tough game, but I think this is a game where the Bucs really should should try to bounce back and take a commanding win, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually last game we didn't have to go against their big man, Nick 
Nick Claxton. Um, he's really good. He's a really good defensive guy. He can rebound really well, super athletic and all that. So that's going to be something to kind of keep an eye on. How are they going to be able to defend Giannis with someone like that? Um, but yeah, regardless though, I think that this is one of those teams. I mean, with a 14 and 15 record, like I said, we're 22 and eight, we're the number two seed in the East. We've kind of, it seems like, you know, outside of this Knicks game today, we've kind of figured our stuff out. Um, our offense has been looking relatively great throughout this past month. Uh, defense has made improvements still, you know, ways to go. Not quite even not good yet. Still trying to get to that average level, but it's shown flashes. I think that, yeah, I mean, something's going to have to change. It's going to either be something in the starting lineup, maybe a trade down the road. Um, but yeah, this is going to be a big bounce back game for the bucks. Yeah. In theory, we win this game. Um, a nice little, you know, come out strong double digit win blow up victory would feel really nice after losing on Christmas day. So yeah, hopefully the Bucks win by 10 plus points. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Also, you know, potential first round matchup. I know, you know, Brooklyn is kind of struggling right now, but I mean, people projected them. I think, you know, a lot of people projected them around, you know, that play in eight, seven seed. I think they that's where they could, you know, kind of land. And, you know, the Bucks are probably going to be a top three seed in the East, you know, even even with the Celtics being the juggernaut that they are. Uh, they're pretty much, you know, the one seed at this point, and it doesn't really look like they're going to give that up. They're, they've been pretty dominant, I mean, other than, like, an injury. Uh, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played, though, but, yeah. Um, Bucks are rolling as of late. I mean, other than, you know, today where it just seemed like we weren't really hitting our shots. I mean, and we still offensively had, you know, Giannis and Dane both at 32 and Chris at a season high. So I think – you know, a game where more shots fall, I think, you know, we, we possibly win win today. Um, and I think, you know, going forward, I, I think this box team is rolling. I think we're going to be fine. We just, I think it was just kind of an off game, Steve. Yeah, definitely going to need to figure out that fifth starting spot for me. I'm um, still kind of set on that. And I probably will be all year. Um, But yeah, I think that that's pretty much all for me. I don't really have much else to say other than, I guess, Merry Christmas and all. Happy holidays to everyone. Yeah, happy holidays. Uh, hope everyone has, you know, a good a good uh, Christmas Christmas break. Uh, Merry Christmas. And I think uh, that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and Six podcast. Make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Stephen Dorff. And let's go Bucks.